Hello and welcome to Flagged. It's a current affairs and pop culture podcast that will unpack a topic each episode, identifying the glaring red, nuanced orange and hopeful greens. We'll cover realities of relationships, career development and complexities of conflict that can turn your world upside down. From the gritty to the glittery, this is Flagged. I'm your host, Helen Karakulak. You can find us on Instagram or Twitter at flagged underscore pod, and you'll find all those links in the show notes. Now on to the episode. This episode, we're looking at road safety. Now stay with me. I know it's not the most glamorous of topics, but my God, is it an important one. Have you ever been driving along, heard your familiar text tone and instinctively reached out your hand? Do you stop yourself or pick it up and proceed to read or reply to that text that you know deep down can probably wait? Do you glance down at your phone at traffic lights, pick it up to skip a song or search for a new podcast perhaps? If so, you're not alone. A 2018 study presented at an Australasian road safety conference concluded that Australian drivers are among the most distracted globally, with only 5% of drivers solely concentrating on the road ahead. This Australian naturalistic driving study, found by observing 400 Victorian and New South Wales drivers, found that drivers are distracted for 45% of the time. While texting or interacting with phones made up only 3.5% of this distraction, each interaction with a phone took 94 seconds on average each time. A lot can change in 94 seconds. This brings me to my featured guest for this episode, Cara Harding. On the 31st of July 2019 at 10pm, Cara was in a motor vehicle accident that left her with fractures of her C6 and C7 vertebrae and a traumatic brain injury. After a quick look at SAPOL's Collision Serious Injuries Report, which shows traffic intel from 2017 to 2020, I found that Cara was just one of 69 seriously injured P-platers in South Australia in 2019. Just in the month of July 2019 alone, 68 people were recorded to have had serious injuries from collisions. Now, Cara is so much more than one of these harrowing statistics. She's a journalism and creative writing student from the University of South Australia, a foster mum for many kittens with a passion for helping others. But her accident was a massively influential part of her young life and her story shows that a distracted driver is a risk to themselves and everyone around them, whether it's their passengers or other road users. So without further ado, let's hear from Cara. Thank you for joining me today. Of course. How are you feeling? Good. I had a late night with the kittens, but good otherwise. Okay, cool. Um, So to start, would you like to provide some detail about how the crash occurred? So I was going to my grandparents' place who I hadn't actually been to in 12 years and I wanted to make a connection with them and so on the way home they said be careful and I said of course I'm always careful and I've chugged it off and then I decided um, I wanted to text my mum and dad and my boyfriend that I was on my way home so I pulled over and I I just sent in a text, you know, hi I'm on my way home, it was really good and then I got back on the road and I was driving and then there was this, there was this bleh, there was this blinding light and it looked like, you know, the whole sky was lit up. And so I pulled over a little bit to the side of the road on the left and slowed my speed down. And then next thing I remember, I'm on the side of the road. And yeah, someone had driven over my car, um, pretty much squashed it like a pancake. Yikes. Yeah. That's a big yikes. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, do you remember much from act- the collision itself or yeah, mostly so just what happened afterwards? I've got um, dash cam footage and so I've watched that because I'm very curious. Um, and so it looks like I don't actually black out or anything. <clears throat> it was just that quick. So it was probably about 0.7 of a second of the impact and 
So in that 0.7 of a second, it pretty much spun my car around and I didn't really, I don't remember it because I think I blinked. It was honestly a blink. So then when I woke up, I say woke up, but I probably opened my eyes again. There was, um, my windscreen was caved in and I could pretty much touch the glass with it with my tongue you know it was so close my feet were pushed up all the way into my seat and I popped a little capsule in my left big toe which means now I have to wear you know special orthotics so then I can walk without pain um but yeah in the accident I actually thought that I only had a broken arm because my arm was bleeding I've got some scars there and um I thought it was just a broken arm. And when I called the police, yes, I called them, even though he was completely fine. um, They sent everyone that they could. And when the first person that went past was actually a nurse, then they weren't on call call or anything. They were just coming back from the hospital. And so the first person that went past was that nurse. And she came in and said, yeah, you definitely got a broken arm. Like, that's it. That's you did really well. The car looks awful, but your arm probably is broken. So did she pull over when she saw the accident and then she approached you? Yeah. Yeah, and she ran over and the first day of uni, I was sitting in class and one of the girls, I was telling my story because, you know, who doesn't want to hear this story? It's funny. Um, (laughs) I mean, funny isn't the first word that would come to my mind to describe your story, but I'm glad that you can find the humor in it. Yeah. Um, So the first person, uh, the first class I was in, I was telling the story and this person goes, oh, was that at Williamstown? I go, yeah. And she goes, my mum was the nurse that pulled over. And I said, thank you to your mum. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, wow. That's a yeah. really that's a really nice instance of Adelaide being small. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for people that don't know what the C6 and C7 vertebrae are, can you mm. explain a bit about that in relation to your yeah. injury and yes. the effect that it had on your body? Yeah, so the C6 and C7, um, it's very interesting. If you actually go online and look at the um, – just Google – vertebrae c6 c7 or whatever v5 and 3 whatever it actually shows what part of the body actually hurts when you've broken those so for example i'm pretty sure there's one halfway down your back if you do that then your butt hurts that's interesting yeah so if your butt hurts after an accident you know it might be, be your back even though your butt hurts it's not your butt so that's really weird so in my case it was my right arm yes my right arm And pretty much my elbow was killing me. And sometimes I get shooting pains down my elbow and that just means that either nerves are reconnecting or I've hurt it a little bit, so I have to be careful. And the tops of my middle finger, my pointer finger, my thumb on my right hand are completely numb. I can't feel them at all because it's ruined that, I guess. Um, But yeah, so it will be different depending on what what accident slash what uh, vertebrae you've hurt. But yeah, I should specify that Kara is not a medical professional. No. <laughs> and um, so all of our conversation is in relation to her injury. It is yeah. not uh, general medical advice or life yeah. advice that you should necessarily be taking. Yeah. Just see your doctor. Definitely. Yeah. If you have weird pains. Yes, definitely. Um, but if the vertebrae um, influence pain in different parts of your body, is that mm. why you thought that you had broken your arm? Yeah. And my arm was completely fine, except for the little tiny glass bit that went in there and got like a vein or something so it was just bleeding a lot but that was the only problem with my arm was I just had a bit of gravel rash and a little bit of glass in my arm but otherwise it was completely fine it was just my neck. So you were conscious for the entire collision and um, afterwards were you 
you've mentioned that you had to be cut out of the car. Yeah. Um, were you taken straight to hospital or what was the process so like? So pretty much because my feet were stuck in the car, my seatbelt was constricting me ridiculously and I was bleeding everywhere, um, just by my arm. It wasn't too bad. Um, they had to get the CFS to come over. They gave me a trauma teddy and like a little blanket because it was a really cold night, but with the adrenaline, I didn't feel anything, you know. And so then they came over and they did that and they said, we're going to have to cut you out of the car. And I said, go ahead, you know. And they were thinking that they'd actually cut the seat out and bring me out on the seat, which I was like, honey, I can walk. And so they cut me out and I got out the car on my own and walked over to the stretcher, jumped onto the stretcher and then got into the ambulance and they gave me the green whistle and that reacted with me badly. And I threw up a couple of times, which means that I jolted my neck in the ambulance a lot because I had to roll over and everything, which wasn't good. And all I wanted was a drink of water, but they didn't have any. So <laughs> that seems like something an ambulance should maybe Definitely. have on hand, bottles yeah. of water. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the Lyle McEwen and they said, I'm sorry, we can't treat you here. You need to go to the RA because you've got a broken neck. Your, ne- your arm's fine. And I'm like, um, okay. Well, wh- why is my arm hurt? They're like, oh, we don't know. So you're just going to have to go to the RA. So I got put in this vacuum sealed like stretcher thing that what happens is you get in it and it's pretty much like a balloon. It just, it holds you completely still. It's really weird. And then they wheeled me over these pavers, which jolted me ridiculously. And my mum was freaking out. My dad was just freaking out. So how long were you in the spinal unit at the RA? And can you talk a bit about the recovery process? Yeah. So I was... Once I got to the RA, they instantly said, all right, you've got a fractured C6 and C7 vertebrae. We need to do something about this and we need to get it stable. So they put me in a halo and they said, we could do the surgery, but you're young and this will be really good for you because then there won't be a scar on your neck. And so I said, fine, it looks awful. I'll be like Regina George for a couple of months and I'll, you know, get over that. But then it didn't work. So I was in traction for hours. And so what that is, is pretty much it's like they hold your body down and pull your head up. So it stretches your neck out with with the Halo 1, of course. And then they put it pretty much pull your vertebrae apart and put it back in place where it should be. It's kind of weird. And I kind of felt like Elastigirl for a little bit there. <laughs> but um, they did that and it slipped back within... Uh, five days or seven days I think so then after that they said well you're gonna need to have the surgery and I was like yes because the halo is awful you have to sleep on your back the whole time and you wake up and your mouth is just dry as heck and it's awful so I went and had the surgery and now I've got this beauty scar on my neck which is about how long would you say oh your hair's covering part of it I would say Maybe three or four centimetres. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I keloid scar, so everyone can see it. Whereas if you don't actually keloid scar, it's actually going to be a lot smaller. So, yay. Anyway, um, (laughs) then I was in the hospital for about nine days. I say 10 because I actually got there at the hospital one one in the morning. So I didn't sleep that whole night when I got there. And um, so I'd say 10 days. And the reason it was so short was because I was begging the nurses and the and the doctors. I was saying that that Sunday I actually had Hugh Jackman concert. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I, they let you out for the Hugh Jackman yeah, concert, which I still couldn't go to because Mum was freaked out. Oh. Because like they, she'd called the people and said, "Is there a, like you know could she get a wheelchair in almost because she doesn't want me walking around or falling over? Because if I fall over, I could get 
you know, a lot worse neck-wise. Um, and I had a neck brace on. And, yes, yeah, so the doctors pretty much just sent me home with a, you'll be better in three months. And that was it. That was all I had. So you didn't have any prescribed uh, physiotherapy or no, anything like that? nothing. Nothing. I was just sent home for, you know, take this off in three months and you'll be fine. And, yeah. So how did you spend those three months? Watching Netflix. So much Netflix. I watched every episode of Vampire Diaries, all of Teen Wolf, um, Supernatural. I watched everything and anything I could get my hands on because it was just boring being in, in your bed the whole time. I even got dad to move the TV from the lounge room into my bedroom, which it still is there. But <laughs> but yeah, because at, at that time I was only 18, which means I was very easily bored and I wanted to be hanging out with friends and everything. But I couldn't. And there was lots of parties on and I couldn't go to any of them because I wasn't allowed to drink because if I fell over, you know. Not that I'm a big drinker anyway, but, you know, friends. Um, two months after that, I decided that I wanted to rescue kittens because I found this big batch of kittens that these people were putting out of their misery, I guess. And so I decided I was going to foster care for two litters which means seven kittens um and that helped a lot yeah i can imagine that would have definitely lifted your spirits yeah is there any one definitive moment that you remember either during or after the accident um during the recovery process or during the hospitalization process where you flagged the realization shit i was in a car accident (laughs) well i had that really quickly um so i was just when I actually was in the car accident, I was sitting there and I was looking around at the dust floating around me and the glass that was so close to my face and my my legs were so numb because there'd been blood the circulation had been stopped in my legs because that was that was so pushed up. I just went shit. And I looked around and I just went so what now? You know, cuz I'm stuck. Um and I actually looked down at my wrist because I've, I had an uh, Apple Watch. And so what I did was I swiped up and I did the phone like location thing because I wanted to know where my phone was. So the guy got out of the car and said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was on my phone. I go, oh, man, that's okay. Are you okay? And he said, I'm okay. Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. Could you get my phone so I could call the cops? Um, and he goes, yeah, sure. So he tries to open my door. I was like, that's not going to work, buddy. <laughs> and so he went around to the other side of the car and he opened the door and I dinged my phone and it um, made a noise in the footwell and he picked it up and gave it to me and I called the ambulance and um, the 911 operator was... You mean triple zero operator? Yes. I watch too much TV. <laughs> I do. Oh my gosh. No, that's that's fine. I have younger sisters that are seven <laughs> and nine and one of them said... Um, I don't know how it came up, but they were like, oh, yeah, I'd call 911 if there was a problem. I'm like, that's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. Oh, my gosh. So I actually did call triple uh, zero. So you made the call yourself? Yes, so I made the call. The yeah. guy that hit you handed you your phone. Yeah. And you were you had mobility in your hands mm. to be able to make the call. Yeah. Did he wait around for police and uh, He just sat responders? on the side of the road. He just sat on the side of the road. I, I'm not sure because... I can't really trust my memory, but what I do know that is that I've had all the things that I said happened without watching the dash cam footage did happen because, um, well, the dash cam footage kind of says, yes, it did. So I remember him on the side of the road crying, which is completely understandable. Um, and I was on the phone to the triple O operator and that she was very kind and she was making sure that I was happy and 
enough um and i was joking with her and all that stuff and then the first people that got there were the cfs and then i think it was police and ambulance but the one thing that is really weird that people won't normally hear about is how beautiful it was it was it was really pretty because it was 10 o'clock at night and i was sitting there and all these you know blue and red lights are sh- uh, flashing and there's glass all over the road and the blue and red lights were actually making the glass like almost dance on the road and it was beautiful it looked like christmas lights and so i just sat there really enjoying the view i guess even though it- <laughs> I know it's weird, but you do weird stuff in that. <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's awesome that you were able to have something like that to mm. distract you and to focus on and that you could find positive in. Yeah. But yeah, wow. I Driving past, <laughs> if I had driven past mm. an accident like that, I, my first thought wouldn't be, oh, look at the pretty colours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely me. And I felt bad for the CFS guys because, you know, they, they probably had to get out of bed. I don't know. So I was just giggling with them and making jokes and they're like, wow, this has been a fun time, you know, because I just, <laughs> I didn't want them being sad. Yeah. But um, probably their most positive experience, um, having to cut someone out of a car. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just laughing and smiling the whole time and walks over to the stretcher and jumps on the stretcher. Like, yeah, wow. Mum was not impressed about that (laughs) but oh well and when mum and dad actually did arrive so I was talking to the triple operator and I said I'm sorry can I ring my parents because I just want to let them know what's happened and they said sure of course call us back if you need anything and I said of course so I called mum and dad picked up because mum had a feeling that something was wrong and so I said you know I've been in an accident I'm okay he's okay Um, can you just come here because I want you guys here and so as soon as they got there, I was just yelling out, take photos, take photos, because it was really cool. Oh, wow. I was, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just wanted photos. Like, that was, like, the main thing. And Dad's taking photos. I'm like, you got good photos? Make sure you get this side. It looks worse on this side. You know? <laughs> so and, you were yeah. really, the mindset you were in was like, <laughs> I need to remember this. It was like, this is hilarious. I'm fine. So let's just make it a funny experience, you know. Let's get these photos so I can share it. Be like, guys, look what happened to my car. I love my car and now it's literally a pancake you know like I just wanted all the photos I could because I know that you know they'd want to you know sweep up and you know get rid of the car as quick as possible so pretty much as I was taking to the hospital they were putting my car on a tow truck so I had to get photos was you know? your pancake car redeemable no 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 that the insurance was like oh we'll have a look at it and see if it is and they're like yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. It's not redeemable. So I got the little um, Holden, because I had a Holden Commodore um, wagon sort of thing. Um, and so I got the little Holden plate thing that goes at the front of the car to oh, recognize. Yeah. yeah, so that's the on my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on my bookshelf and it's a little bit wrinkled and bent and stuff, but it's like a memorial thing. Like, thank you for protecting me and letting me live, car, you know? Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I did want to ask, are you driving again now? And if so, what was it like to get back behind the wheel after the accident? Yeah, well, about six months, nine months, I think it was six months after the accident, I was actually driving again, but I couldn't drive at night, um, which was really weird because that was normally when I loved to drive. When I got behind the wheel again, it was scary because I was I was really thinking that it's not me anymore. You know, I was very self-centered about if I do the wrong thing, someone's going to get hurt. Whereas in the accident, I pulled over to message my family, whereas he I don't know what he was doing I've looked on his Instagram and he actually likes to drive and take photos a lot so while he's driving 
So maybe he was doing that. I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, he, he cost me a brain injury and two vertebrae and constant memory problems, attention problems. I love English and I've lost lots of words and I sound pretty good right now because I'm kind of relaxed. But if you get me stressed, I won't know any words and I'll forget where I'm at and my memory's awful. Um, have I said that before? <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's just he shouldn't have been on his phone because, you know, I, I wouldn't be in this situation. But yeah, so pretty much when I got behind the wheel again, it was... It's not about me this time. It's looking out for the idiot coming the the other way. So as a young driver who got your licence fairly recently before your accident, do you Mm. feel like there's enough public campaigns or education around road safety? Well, I I do and I don't. Um, My favourite website to go to to figure out what car I wanted next was REA. And so they've got incredible, you know, crash... um, results I guess on there so you know they do dummy testing they got the they got the dummy in the front seat and their head goes through the window or goes out the side or you know smashes on the steering wheel and all that stuff but it's really good to watch that sort of stuff like the thing that's really scary is that people are still driving these tiny cars like stop driving these tiny cars I don't care if it's four minutes away half an hour three months away I don't care how long you're driving a small car won't protect you as much as a big car. I feel attacked because I drive a Suzuki <laughs> Swift. <laughs> I I love my Swift though. It, it yeah. gets me places. It's super fuel efficient. Yeah. It's I mean there. Are, yeah. I think there are pros and cons to any car. Uh, definitely. Yes. Um. And I'm not saying that all big cars are safer. I'm saying that just look into the star rating because it does make a massive difference. I made my boyfriend get rid of his little rav4 three door thing because i wouldn't drive with him i was like no way this i'm if we crash there is nothing between me and the next person that's coming into the windshield with me so i made him buy a mitsubishi lancer and he's loving that now and he actually loves it i think a little bit more than his rav but don't tell him i said that (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah it's just a lot more safe and the longer front of your car the longer it is the better really. It's just more metal between you and the wheel of the next person. Would you say that you would have done as much research into cars before your accident? My dad's a bit crazy with that stuff. So he would have done it. Um, okay. but I don't think I would have as yeah. much. I would, I'm very, um, safe, crazy, um, that sort of thing. I would have done it a little bit, but not as much. Yeah. So now it's more so about security and safety and yeah. knowing that you're comfortable mm. when you're driving, even if you're not the one driving. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so talking about such big topics in flags may seem trivial, but I think it's a nice way to break down key points. So having been through such a lengthy process of recovery, what orange flags did you see pop up along the way or any events or instances where someone might've said or done something that looking back, you should have been wary of? Definitely the, um, the Raj just sending me home and saying, yeah, just be in your bed for a couple months and you'll be fine. Like I broke my neck. I was really tired all the time. I should have followed that up quicker. But of course, looking back, of course you want to do things differently. But in the instance, it was just get home and get better. Yeah. That's all I thought. And you would have been keen to get home and rest as well. Oh, yeah. And see Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> that was a massive Hugh Jackman's thing. always a priority. Oh, yeah. Like, my gosh. All I wanted to do was see him. And it sucks that I couldn't. Mm. But... You know, my mum took my godmother instead and they loved it. So that's nice, I guess. (laughs) 
that would oh, that would be so frustrating. Yeah, I was glad she could go because she's great. Yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, I shouldn't have just gone home and not asked for any rehab. Like now I've got, you know, six appointments a week just to try and get better now, whereas it might have been better to have it straight after, you know. Um, so now I – well, only about six months, four months, five months, I don't know, my memory's crap um, – I went to a spinal surgeon and said, I'm really tired all the time. What is, is my neck doing this or is it something else? And he said, well, maybe you should go to the concussion clinic. So I was like, sure. So we went to Wakefield Sports Clinic, concussion sports clinic sort of thing. And they said, we want to do a C, CT scan on your head, um, MRI, all the, all the works. Um, and they said that there's bleeding in my brain and it was the frontal, left frontal lobe. And so that was like four months, five months after the accident, we found out that I was actually, I actually bled from my brain and I had a traumatic brain injury. Oh, wow. And of course, mum, I just looked at her and she started crying because, you know, what next? We just mm. kept thinking, what next, what next? Because it was thing after thing, you know, I thought it was my arm, then it was my neck. I thought that my neck was making me tired, then it's my brain. And then I was like, my, my foot's sore. Well, no, you've actually got a pop capsule and that will never really heal. It's just going to take care of it sort of thing so you know it's thing after the thing and yes we found that out and um now I've got a speech pathologist I've got a a neuro um physiotherapist a neurologist a neurosurgeon I've got neuro everything you've got a whole pit crew I do (laughs) I do and I've got an occupational therapist um it's ridiculous what do you consider a big red flag when hearing young people discuss road safety like my biggest thing is oh it's just five minutes down the road I don't care you're still going on the road it, you don't just get in the car and you know oh, I've had a couple of drinks but it's just five minutes like five minutes can be a lifetime for someone and I know that all he had in the accident was this tiny little cut in his ear and I was worried about him it doesn't matter how far or how long you're going to be on the road for it matters who you're going to hit who you're going to hurt and I'm glad that he hit me because if there was a baby in the back, I don't think a baby could survive something like that. You know, if there was someone next to me, they could have died. I'm glad it was me because I survived and, you know, I laughed through it, I guess. And also the other thing would be how big your car is. <laughs> Definitely. Because, yeah. you know, it's just, they're like, oh, yeah, but it's really pretty and it's cute. And, you know, it's really small and it's easy to park. Yeah, but is it easy to park if you're dead? Yeah, Sorry. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> no, I like that a lot. Yeah. I just, I don't even know what to say to that. I yeah. I mean, honestly, you've inspired me to mm. go home and Google the safety features of my car. Yeah. Because um, you can that, still have a small car, just make sure it's safe. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, so you're not entirely against small no, cars. <laughs> just as long as it's a safe small car. Unsafe cars, yeah. Um, So what green flags have you taken away from this experience or had you exhibited yourself prior, during or after the incident in terms of driving behaviour? I would say that even though I've got really bad fatigue, I understand, you know, how important sleep is. And sometimes with my fatigue, I actually go to bed, I could get 13 hours sleep and that's incredible, but I'll be still, I'll still be tired when I wake up. And that's just because of fatigue. Spotify, you keep Spotify on the whole time. Um, have it loud enough that it will keep you awake, um, but also not too loud that it'll give you a headache. Um, and cold, uh, putting your engine on cold, that always helps. Even if it's freezing outside, 
I wouldn't say open the windows because it kind of, I don't know, it doesn't work for me. But you got to figure out what works for you. That's the big thing. So if having your air conditioner on works, then do that. If it doesn't work, don't have it on. So those are your strategies to counter fatigue when you're driving. Um, And you mentioned earlier that uh, before your accident, you had pulled over to send a text message. Yeah. Um, Would, when you drive now, do you have your phone off? Do you have it in arm's reach? What? I have it in arm's reach. It goes um, in the center console. Um, It's always on because... You know, I've got I've got a car that now when someone calls me, it comes up on the little dash right in front of me. So I can just quickly have a quick glance over, see who it is and then push accept on deny. Um, Mm. And when I get messages now, it goes through my car and it reads out the message to me. So I'll say, you know, at 12.07 p.m., this person has messaged you and then go on to the message, which is really helpful because it means you don't have to look away at all. You're just listening, um, just like you would Spotify, you know. But yeah, just having something that works for you, especially rear vision, a uh, rear view camera or whatever, that's like a backup camera that helps a lot because of course with my neck, of course I look still, but I can't look around as much because it hurts and I've got a bit of stiffness in my neck. So, you know, having that just to counter all the negatives that I've got makes life a little bit more positive. Yeah, cool. This year, my goal has been do as much as I can handle and that I, I really think I've done that yeah, <laughs> already. I think, I think that's a that's a good goal. I mean, I yeah. think that if anything, it's really inspiring. And I'm sure you hear this all the time. Oh, yeah. you're such an inspiration. <laughs> but like you are. I think it's really inspiring that you had such a traumatic event happen mm. to you and you were still able to go, hey, I've got a whole lot of life to live and I'm mm. lucky to live it. Yeah. And it's, it's just great making it a fun thing to talk about, especially, you know, the first day at uni. Um, so the accident actually happened on the second day of uni that year because I was trying to start that year. Oh, so you were enrolled and yeah, ready to everything. go. Yeah, so I was going to start mid-semester um, and do psychology. But I had one uh, lesson that was writing and editing for publication. I was like, nah, this is for me. Did so, you take that as an elective? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, that does yeah. not sound like a psychology course because yeah. I've done that course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely not, not a psychologist. Yeah. Um, I'm a Freud not. Um, <laughs> ugh, I hate myself. That's no, right. I love that. <laughs> I'm a Freud not. Oh, I'm so going to use that. I can't wait to oh, say no. that now. I'm, I'm gonna, sorry, all of your friends. No, I'm going to... Oh, my poor boyfriend. I'm going <laughs> to... I can ima- I can see his look, the oh, look on his no. face in my head right now when I, when I say that. <laughs> yeah, the first day back um, orientation sort of thing, they asked, you know, what was the first bone that you broke in your body? And I'm like, my neck, you know, beat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good mic drop moment. It, it is. And I just look around like, mm-hmm. yeah, you got anything else, guys? And, you know, <laughs> of course, you get those icebreaker exercises where you get the person next to you and you talk about, you know, something really interesting that's happened to you broken neck traumatic brain injury you know I was 18 when it happened they were like I think it's just hilarious that the eyes on the people that I tell it's priceless it's hilarious just small small um prizes no small satisfaction I guess Mm -hmm. um it's really worth it (laughs) that's awesome I mean look you would kill those icebreaker activities oh yeah it's funny as (laughs) and of course it made me feel a little bit better like look I'm interesting you know It's, it's it's kind of fun I'm not just some normie i, I mean i'm sure you were interesting beforehand <laughs> yeah, all right. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's all right you know um, 
but it's it just has given me a little bit it's not what I base my life off of but it's definitely a fun story to tell especially for Generation Z, there's this dependency on technology yeah. and this you feel this urge to, oh, I need to reply right away or, mm. oh, I want to watch that TikTok that someone mm. sent me. I don't know. like or TikTok what? while I'm driving. You oh, know? Yeah, like there's lots of, or people want to, oh, I want to put this on my Snapchat story. Mm. It's like, no, focus on the road. Yeah, and with t- TikTok, I saw this one girl who was, um, she was actually TikToking while she was driving and, you know she was I don't know the words for it she was videoing herself and then she put it up as a funny thing she was like dancing in the car while she was driving and I knew she was driving because there was trees going past Mm. and so I messaged her not in front of everyone you know I said hey this is what happened to me can you just be careful because you know he he probably he might have been doing the same thing Mm. you know so she then responded and said I'm so sorry I didn't mean for this to hurt I'm like no just as long as you learn from it I don't mind you know forgive and forget I just hope I'm just glad you didn't hurt anyone in the process. And she hasn't done any more TikToks like that. So not being aggressive about it, but being understanding, like, these people just don't know sometimes. And if they do know, then, yeah, they're being a bit naive. But, Mm. you know, you don't have to be aggressive about it, really. Mm. And I think that um, some content creators and even you see um, things like James Corden's Carpool Karaoke and all that Mm. sort of thing, they have whole crews of people with equipment to be Mm. able to do that safely. Yeah. Um, They probably block off whole streets when they need to for production that size. Yeah. Um, But I think people see that. They wouldn't get celebrities in to do that. No, absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Oh God, can you imagine if you had done, if you had harmed like Harry Styles or yeah. yeah. (laughs) I just saw Zayn Malik on there. So that's why I said (laughs) have Adele. Yeah. They have production crews that mm. make it safe mm. but I feel like um, it can inspire negative behavior yeah. with people thinking oh I can just put my phone on my on my dash and see what happens yeah, and yeah. it's it's not safe Alrighty, well thank you so much for coming in and telling your story today I think it's a really important one um, I am very glad to have you as my guest of course um, so thank you for listening to flagged please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. You can find us on Instagram at flagged underscore pod and on Twitter at flagged pod. This podcast is recorded on the land of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to elders past and present. We also acknowledge the country that you are joining us from and pay our respects to any other Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people listening today. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Helen Karakulak, and have a lovely day.